Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to episode 13 of the Fantasy NFL Today podcast. What is going on out in podcast land? I am your host, J.P. Sticko, and welcome to episode 13. On this episode, I'm going to break down some more OTA news because a lot of these teams have been wrapping up their OTAs. News has finally been coming out slowly than, than I usually remember it coming out, but news is coming out, and we have some really good fantasy breakdowns for everybody out there. As always, I'm going to start my episode off with some polls that I posted on my Twitter at JP Sticko. I got some really good reactions to some of my polls, but the best thing that I think happened out of my Twitter this week is I created a new segment. Okay. And this new segment is going to be posted on my Twitter, but also be talked about here on the podcast. And this segment is called Get a Grip. On this segment, Get a Grip, I'm going to really break down some things that just really have been getting under my skin in terms of football news, fantasy news, and who knows, maybe some life news as well. But these things are things that I believe that are just simply not true and just are simply not going to happen. Disclaimer, if I am going to say get a grip on a certain player, that does not mean I don't think he's a good athlete. Okay, I've said this before, and I'm going to mention it every single time. I am not one of those fantasy podcasters and fantasy analysis person, expert, that is going to just sit here and bash these NFL players. That's not who I am. I respect these guys. These guys are the top athletes in the world in their sports. Some of them just top athletes in general. So I'm not here sitting behind my computer and microphone to bash anybody. Okay? So what I'm simply doing on this get a grip is saying that I just don't agree with the take. I don't agree that so-and-so is going to be as good as people are saying he is. Now, by good, I mean he's just not going to be a top player. And that's okay. This, these guys make millions of dollars, okay? I'm not going to hurt their feelings with a couple of hot takes. All right? So that's going to be the get a grip segment of this episode. So first, I'm going to start with the polls. Second, I'm going to get into get a grip. And third, we'll get into some OTA news. If you're ready, I'm ready. Let's roll. So for the first question and kind of the only question that I want to review with you guys on this podcast today is the question of you're on the clock. Who are you going to draft? Are you going to draft Mooney or are you going to draft Bateman? And I'm extremely shocked with the numbers thus far that are coming in with the poll. The poll still got a couple hours to go, but I have over 30 votes on it. So I'm just going to talk about it right now. And for me, I'm excited to see this because I believe in this, but I was following another fantasy podcaster, and she had posted that she believes that if you take Bateman over Mooney, you're automatically going to be winning your league. And if you take Mooney over Bateman, you are just simply giving up. So what that means is she would have voted for Bateman. But in my poll, 70% of you guys voted for Darrell Mooney. Thank you for voting for Darrell Mooney. I 110% agree with this take. As I was scrolling through, some of her comments um, and some of her followers' comments, one thing kept popping up. It was that Bateman is the number one on the Ravens. 
I would have to say that is wrong. Bateman is not the number one. Uh, he's the number one wide receiver, but he's not the number one target share getter. That's Mark Andrews. But who is number one in Chicago? Has to be Mooney. Yes, Justin Fields is not as good as Lamar Jackson yet. But again, with players that are ranked around the same ADP, give me the target shares. Give me the guy who's going to see more targets per week when it comes to guys getting drafted around the same spot in fantasy football. So those those this is a toss-up, right? Bateman and Mooney, for me, if you don't look at target share, is an absolute toss-up. Both these guys are young. Both these guys are up and coming. I think Mooney has proved himself a little bit more last year than Bateman has, but Bateman also had Hollywood Brown in front of him, so he hasn't had the opportunity that Mooney had. But for me, I would absolutely say that it's a toss-up. And if it's a toss-up, I directly go to target share. And as soon as I look at target share, what screams out to me is Mooney is the only player besides Cole Komet that I trust on that Chicago Bears offense in terms of receiving. So I applaud you all. That's it's you guys. This is all you. Okay. To my followers, I'm very proud of each and every one of you for picking Mooney there because I absolutely have to agree with you all. Not to put a little damper on this party, but it's time for get a grip. Get a grip. Washington Commanders news. Get a grip. As I'm sorting through OTA news, as I'm reading through a whole bunch of stuff, something just screams at me. While he's not have been the upgrade, and this is a quote, while he has not, well, he may not have been the upgrade that Russell Wilson could have been, he's still an improvement in the room and on the field. In week two, we saw more of it, but it was crisper and a little looser all at the same time. While those two ideas may seem to conflict with each other, what I'm trying to tell you here is that Wentz looks sharp and confident while throwing the ball and more comfortable just being on the field as a member of the commander's roster. Hey, pal, do you think you had to write that entire thing just to tell me that Carson Wentz is a better option at quarterback than anybody they had last year? I would hope so. I would hope so. And by being a better option, I don't think he's a much better option. Get a grip. Okay? I don't think Carson Wentz is a starting quarterback in the NFL right now. Why do I believe that? Well, the Eagles seem to have just let him go. His backup outplayed him in the playoffs. Went to Indianapolis. One year, see you later, and now he's on Washington. So, with that get a grip, right? Get a grip. Stay away from Carson Wentz. You better, if, if you're drafting Carson Wentz, just turn this podcast off, okay? I don't think he's going to have a great year at all, but you never know. But as I, I, I was reading through that, right? So he's crisp, he looks sharper, but I needed more, okay? So this is the part of the podcast where I'm going to get into some OTA news. 
Welcome to New York. So, as I've mentioned a million, quadrillion times, right? I'm a New York Giants fan. So, mentally and spiritually and deep down in my soul, I gravitate towards reading a lot of Giants stuff. So, this this segment for the Giants OTA may be, may be a little bit longer, so bear with me. But there is some really important tidbits in all this. Okay? And the first one has to do with Wendell Robinson. Okay? Quote. Wendell Robinson has been turning heads all OTA long. Him and DJ have already formed what looks like a very good connection. He has been catching 20-plus yard touchdowns from, from DJ, Daniel Jones, and running very crisp routes. Again, this goes back to the Wentz thing. Okay? When a rookie receiver comes in and has an immediate connection, chemistry with his quarterback, more so with a first-year quarterback, but Daniel Jones is not that. But Daniel Jones really doesn't have a connection with any of these wide receivers that he has, Galladay, Shepard, Kadarius, Tony, and Slayton. I mean, I wouldn't say he trusts any of them, would you? I think the best one out of the group that he has any trust in is Shepard, but Shepard's constantly hurt. So I think Daniel Jones is, is more or less looking for somebody he can trust and build chemistry with. And as of right now, and as it was throughout OTAs, Wendell Robinson seems to be that guy. But there's more. There's more to this twist of Wendell Robinson rising up people's draft board. People constantly are comparing him to Kadarius Tony for good reason. Okay? In 2021, Tony was deployed on 179 snaps from the slot and 116 snaps out wide and five snaps in the backfield. He did the same thing in Florida. They moved him all around. He can play slot. He can play outside, outside and a little bit of running back. Guess what Wendell Robinson did? 941 snaps from the slot, 322 snaps out wide and 302 snaps at running back. Tony and Robinson could be a big reason why the New York Giants did not worry about adding another running back or a, run, a young running back. They added Breda, but to add another young running back into the mix in the draft. Because I found another snippet in OTAs that the New York Giants are really running a high pass First, up-tempo offense during OTAs. They're spread out. They're motioning Saquon to the backfield. They're motioning Saquon out of the backfield into the slot. They're motioning Wendell Robinson across the formation to the backfield, out of the back. They're doing all these things thanks to the ball. They need to get DJ going, and I think this is, this is their chance, and this is, the, this is his only shot to prove that he is worth keeping. So I think the ball, when he signed on for this New York Giants job, sat there during his interview and said, hey, listen, I'm going to let you know by the end of this season whether Daniel Jones is the guy or not the guy. And how I'm going to do that is I'm going to throw him into the fire. We're going to run a spread-type offense. We're going to use his legs a little bit. <clears throat> Josh Allen. <clears throat> And we don't have to worry about getting a bigger back to pound the ball, but we can also keep Saquon healthy this way. 
So when you're looking to draft Wendell Robinson, which I highly suggest drafting, he's going undrafted in some redrafts. Take him late, have him on your bench. Let's see what happens in training camp. Let's see what happens in preseason. Because if he turns out to be a Swiss Army knife for the New York Giants, so he comes in when Saquon needs a rest in the backfield. He comes in on third downs. Not all third downs because Saquon's still the workhorse there, but he comes in every every certain third down. But not only that, he's playing the slot. He's playing outside receiver. He can do it all. So he's he is the definition of a Swiss Army nice football player. He can do it all from all different positions. Again, he's not the biggest guy, but that really doesn't matter if you know where to put him and he knows how to play those positions. But that leads me right into the next point. Okay, spread offense, less running and pounding the ball. Saquon is playing, partially playing receiver this year. Saquon Barkley is an absolute steal in PPR. I don't know how many times I'm going to have to tell you this until you believe it. The New York Giants get it now. You can't run Saquon Barkley up the middle 99.9% of the times and expect him to produce without getting hurt. He was a successful rookie player because he got the ball in space. Do you know what that means? That means outside the tackle boxes, one-on-ones, running out of the slots, a receiver out of the slot position, screen passes, pitches, outside zones, stretch plays. Everything to the outside. Get him into space. Stop running him up the middle. Where you're taking away what he does well, and that's his explosion. That's his. That's his one cut. Get up field. Shiftiness, elusiveness. So, with all that being said, Saquon Barkley is an absolute steal in PPRs, especially. If the Giants are going to run what looks like a total pass-first spread offense. Why? Because you're not taking Saquon because you don't think he has any receiving ability and you don't think he's a good athlete. You're not taking Saquon because you think he's going to get hurt. However, the more time Saquon gets out in space and the less running right up the middle he does, the healthier he will be. Quote, The Giants' offense has been calling for a lot of empty sets in which Barkley has lined up split wide or in the slot. The goal has been to get him in space where his size and athleticism give him more competitive edge than the old way of thinking. Where previous staffs, instead of sending him up the gut and into the teeth of the defense. That's all they did. They ran ISOs. They ran powers. What are you doing? This guy's too athletic. Why are you just sending him in? It always, as a Giants fan, and if you're a Giants fan listening to this, you feel my anger with this. We ran a QB sneak on third and long. Saquon needs the ball in space, and this is the offense that he can thrive in. And I'm telling you, He will thrive in 2022. Folks, there is no such thing as a fantasy offseason, only the pre-draft season. And here at Sports Ethos, the pre-draft season has already begun. 
Our expert analysis are churning out important lessons learned and draft analysis on incoming rookies so you can get a jump on your prep and will have incredible free agency and a summer league coverage as well. But only if you're part of our premium member team. Head to sportsethos.com now and click on the premium tab to grab a fantasy pass today. Seriously, just cook yourself one extra lunch per month because this deal is only $5.99. I'll see you there. So now that we just talked about how Wentz is getting all this high praise and, and everything out of Washington, which, I mean, is it just me? Or does Wentz always look good when there's no defenders? <laughs> My grandma throws a good pass against no defenders. But with that being said, again, I wanted to look deeper. Who is he throwing the ball to? And to my surprise, it wasn't McLaren. It was actually Jahan Dotson. Here's a quote from the, from the article right off of the uh, Washington Commanders website. Several times, the two first-round draft picks connected on passes, and the timing was solid as well as the ball placement. Dotson has been Wentz's favorite clear-cut target thus far. End quote. That's kind of groundbreaking news because I, I get it, guys. All right. I need you to settle for a second. I understand OTAs is just a glorified practice with that. Hey, how are you? How is your summer? How you been? How you doing? How's your wife? How's your kids? I understand that. But it's different when you're dealing with a receiver that's a rookie pairing up with a quarterback who's it's its first year on the team. So both of these players are these are their first years together on the team. So Wentz has no prior commitment to any other wide receiver, has no chemistry with any other wide receiver, and Dotson is coming in and creating that chemistry really early with his quarterback. That's important. And what it tells me that their connection is really good is the timing was solid. So what that means is if a player is running an in-out, uh, in-breaking route, out-breaking route, cutback route, the receiver wants to let go of the ball right before the break. So that means when Dotson's about to make a cut, Wentz is getting rid of the ball, and as soon as that cut is done, the ball's right where it needs to be. That shows that Wentz is trusting Dotson's uh, route running ability, and the timing on his drops is just seems to be really good right now. This is really important moving forward, and I'm moving Dotson up on my draft board for now. Because this trend, you're right, it is just OTAs. But this trend needs to continue throughout minicamp, preseason, and then we can we can confidently say that Jahan Dotson deserves to be above his current ADP. But keep an eye on this. I'm moving him up in my rankings just a little bit until training camp where he could move up even more, or he can go right back down to where he, where he currently is. But again, this early connection between first-year quarterback, rookie wide receiver is very, very important because, like I said, Wentz has no prior chemistry with anybody else on the Washington Commanders. Or nobody, anybody, actually. And Dodson is coming in as a newcomer, so he's just right on par with the McLarens and everyone else that's on Washington. So let's let's keep an eye on that. That's very, very important, okay? Wentz to Dotson could be something that we are talking about more and more and more 
as training camp begins. Next news out of training camp is from another exciting team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I laugh because they just haven't been good, but their future is bright. They have a lot of good young talent, and the next man I'm about to talk about is one that they seem to really be banking on, Travis Etienne. Quote, explosion and ability to quickly cut and make breaks stood out during pass-catching drills. He ran one drag route and extended for a catch from Lawrence that showed he still has the best pure speed and home run ability before and after the catch. Travis Etienne has been rising on almost every fantasy list that I've been following. Everybody loves Travis Etienne for good reason. This guy was a, was a stud at Clemson. Okay, I lived down in South Carolina. I watched him play a whole lot with Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence trusts him on checkdown. Trevor Lawrence trusts, trusts him on the, dig, uh, the drag routes. So Travis Etienne is going to be a good player this year. But the question is, how good is Travis Etienne going to be? I see an expert have him like right outside the top 10 in running backs. I think that's a little bit high for now. Okay? Why? Because we just don't have a large sample size yet. This guy hasn't played a single down in the NFL. I get it. He's explosive. He's fast. He's got home run ability. So did Reggie Bush. Right? Do I think Travis Etienne is going to be a good pick this year? I do. But let's just settle down for a second. Okay? Let's let minicamp work itself out. Let's see how James Robinson progresses through his injury. Let's see the... Offensive play calling in Jacksonville, okay, now that they have the new head coach. Let's just see how this works out before you start putting your crown on this guy as a top 10 fantasy PPR player. Now, the good news is for players that are, or the, the experts that are moving him up, I mean, I moved him up, don't get me wrong, but I didn't move him up that much because, again, this is only OTAs, but the, the part where they said pass-catching drills and d- running drag routes and so they, the Jaguars understand Travis Etienne's skill set. They understand that he's a tremendous threat in the passing game. So if you're in a PPR league, for sure, remember Travis Etienne. Okay, do not forget that name because if he falls right around his ADP or even a little bit above his AT, uh, ADP, you got to take him for now because he only he's only going to rise as we get further and further deeper and deeper into the summer and we start heading towards week one because I truly believe the Jaguars are really thinking about shaping this offense around the Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, Clemson connection here. Okay. So make sure during your drafts, you remember Travis Etienne as a pass catcher as well as running out of the back. And finally, we've reached the final little leg of my podcast here today on OTAs, and that's going to be a man out of Tampa Bay, Rashad White. Quote, in OTAs, White has continued to create a buzz. According to Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, White looked like a dual threat back that Tampa desires in its high-octane offense. His comfort working as a receiver can carve him an immediate role as a rookie. White is a powerful back with a 4.8. 4.48 second 40 yard dash. So Fournette will need to 
to be at top of his game again to fend off the rookie from eating too much into his snap count in 2022. That's very high praise for the rookie running back Rashad White in Tampa. I think it tells us a few things. I think Tampa's more surprised. They knew he was a good receiving back. That's why they drafted him. He was the best receiving back in that draft class by far. And and we know Brady loves his receive, receiving backs. Lewis, Deion Lewis, you know, uh, White himself in New England. So I think they're more surprised that this kid is a powerful back that can really run the rock. Yes, T- Tampa Bay does run a high-octane offense. There's, there's no doubt about it, but Leonard Fournette is pretty good. I actually moved him up in my, my, in my rankings, even with this news coming out. So I wouldn't really worry about Rashad White eating into Fournette's snap count other than third down. Fournette, because Fournette was a was very underrated in PPR last year. So, do I think he takes a step back there? I do because of Rashard White, but I'm not as nervous as this writer seems to be about job security for Leonard Fournette. But what's encouraging to me is Rashard White could be an absolute huge handcuff in Tampa Bay if you draft Fournette, especially if you're drafting Fournette top, you know, the second round, the early second round, even. You're going to have to back him up with Rashad White late so you have that insurance policy just in case Fournette goes down because it does sound like Rashad White could be a three-down back if he gets thrusted into that role in 2022. Ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for episode 13. It's been an absolute pleasure being with you guys this this week. I'll be back again a little bit later in the week covering some more OTA news. Make sure you're following me on Twitter. We're really starting to get active on there. Website is literally just about to be released. Stay tuned. I think in a week to possibly two weeks. There you'll find my rankings. There you'll find some news articles. There you'll find some betting advice. And there is sportsethos.com. So without further ado, make sure you're following me at JP Sticko on Twitter. Y'all have a great, great, great rest of your day. As always, peace, love, and fantasy football.